So a lot of our people are on the marriage retreat, like I mentioned earlier. And so this morning, um, something that's really close to my heart is that we would know how to hear the Father's voice. And so we're going to do a prophetic activation. So I'm going to talk to you guys for like 15, 20 minutes, and then we're going to spend the last bit of the time getting into some groups and prophesying over each other and praying for each other. If that scares you, it's okay. You'll be together. We're going to do this together. Um, also, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Megan, so hello. Um, all right. So I was telling someone earlier today that if I had a hashtag, you know how weddings do their like hashtag? We had a hashtag for this morning, be hashtag interactive church, okay? So we're all going to be activated as the body. Um, so a question, start us off this morning, what is prophecy? So this goes along with interactive church. You hear the word prophecy, prophetic, what do you think of? And you can scream it out at me. Declarations, that's good. Encouragement, hearing God. Anybody else? Cool. So prophecy, I would sum it up as saying it's learning to hear the voice of our Father and understanding his heart of love for his people. And all of those things fit under that category of learning to hear the voice of our Father. And I liken it to, someone told me this story a while back, and it has stuck with me, I think it was seven years ago, it stuck with me whenever I think of prophecy, of how it is to hear the voice of our Father. Um, so this was back when I was in a place where I wasn't really sure what prophecy was, but then realized I'd been hearing the Lord's voice throughout my life, just didn't know what that looked like. I didn't connect the two things together. And so they told me a story about, they were like, imagine you are going to, your, to this house with one of your closest friends or one of your parents. And you don't know anybody else in this house, but there's like 100, 200, 300 people there. And so you get to the house, you're sitting down on a couch, and your friend leaves and goes into the other room. And you're sitting there, and all of these voices are around you, and you don't recognize anybody's voice. But then from the other room, you hear your friend say something, and that lights up because that's a familiar voice, right? And then as you sit there at the party, you might hear a lot of other people's voices and even get familiar with their voices as you're listening to them. But there's still going to be that one voice that stands out amongst all the other voices. And that's the voice of your friend that you've grown to know, that you've grown to spend time with. And so this story stuck with me because those voices that are at the party, those are like the voices of the world. It's like what people tell us is right, the way we should go, the way we should live. And that voice of our friend is the voice of God, our Father. And if we spend time with him, if we get to know him intimately, which I'll talk about a little bit later, then we can recognize his voice beyond all the other distractions, all the other noises that are in that house. And so something I just want to acknowledge, I'm not going to talk about a lot this morning, 
So when we talk about prophecy, there's a gift of prophecy, and then there's the office of a prophet. And so what we're talking about today is the gift of prophecy. Um, The office of a prophet is, if you would read Jeremiah, Elisha, Elijah, they operated in the office of a prophet. But a gift of prophecy is given by the Father to those who ask. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. It's available for all of us. Um, So God speaks in a lot, a lot of different ways. And so we're all wired differently. I'm sure between the people who are here, I'm sure one of us has taken the Enneagram. Someone's probably taken Strengths Finder. We know that we're all different. We know that we've all got different characteristics. And so God is going to speak to us in a way that might look different from the person that's beside us. And that's okay. That's actually really beautiful. It's one of the amazing ways is that he made us all different. And so we get to hear him in unique ways. Um, So some of the ways that we can see in the Bible of ways that God speaks is through dreams, dreams in the night, visions, angelic encounters, a subtle knowing in a heart. Um, And there are so many stories. I was looking through the Bible, just reading stories about this, and I was like, I don't have time to talk about all of these encounters, but they're amazing, so please go read about them for yourself. Um, The goal of prophetic ministry, if there's one thing that you take away from today to understand the goal of prophetic ministry, it's to grow in intimacy with our Father and call out the gold in our neighbor. So we, as we grow in intimacy with our Father, we get to walk out into the world, look at our neighbor, and tell them who they are when they forget. And it's, it's a really amazing thing. And under the new covenant, which enables the gift of prophecy, we are always to communicate the love of God to people. And so if you have been around any teaching on the prophetic, you have probably heard this verse brought up, mentioned. Um, But I want us to read it together so you can look up here on the screen. You can pull out your Bible. If you have a phone that turns into a Bible, you can pull that up. Um, But it's 1 Corinthians 14, 1, and then 3 through 5. So can we stand together to read the word just out of honor? All right, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. I think there's, y'all can sit down. (laughs) I think there's one thing that sticks out to me from this passage, and it's the line that says, the one who prophesies builds up the church. I mean, what, what an honor that we, we get to carry when we prophesy. And so there are three words here, a building, encouragement, consolation. And if you're looking at a different translation, upbuilding might be strengthening, edification. There's a lot of different ways that this is translated, but basically it means 
Like I'm thinking if you're, you're building up a wall, you're stacking bricks on top of each other, you're making it stronger. So if someone's coming and like kicking one brick, they can knock that thing over. If someone's coming and trying to kick a wall of like 12 bricks, it's going to take a lot of force. They're probably going to need a sledgehammer. We'll go chip in Joanna Gaines on it. Um, and then encouragement is exhortation. So think of like if you're sitting there crying and your friend comes, puts their arm around you, and they're like, you've got this. You can do it. That's encouragement. I think we all use encouragement a lot in our lives. Consolation is comfort. So that would be that part where the friend would come and put their arm around you um, or give you a hug. That's honestly what a lot of prophetic words that I've gotten have felt like is a hug from the Lord. And so that would be that consolation side of things. And like I said earlier, it is important to remember that we prophesy from a place of love. And if we get this, we get it. Like this, this is it. And I mean, Jesus literally came to the world and died on the cross because God loves. Like, this is the message of the gospel. And yes, there are so many facets of the Lord, but like ultimately, if we boiled it down to one thing, it's he loves us. And I mean, I was thinking about while I was writing this, like the entire Old Testament is a prophecy for Jesus. So if Jesus came and was crucified because of love, like that is the message of the gospel. And so we remember that love is our foundation, and everything is for the purpose of intimacy with Jesus. And similar to when we're sharing a testimony, say we're sharing our story, we give glory to the creator, not the creation, when we prophesy. Yes, we're going to call out the golden people, but ultimately it's restoring relationship with the Father. It's going up and down, not always just side to side. And our voice should always point back to him. And there's something that you can carry that comes only from being with Jesus. And that's his presence. And so we prophesy out of his presence. And we lean into and we follow the one who speaks, not just the prophetic word on its own. And so I'm going to talk about a little bit later about testing a word um, a little bit. And so we always want to look to Jesus um, when we're prophesying or when we're receiving a word to, to test the word. And this has probably been one of the biggest life lessons for me is he doesn't want workers, he wants friends. And so if we get in this mentality, like an outreach mentality of like, all right, I'm going into Kroger, let me find 500 people to prophesy to. Like, take a second. That's great. That's amazing. Like if the Lord wants to like, bless 500 people in Kroger, but take a second and think in your mind, why am I doing it? Like, what is the motivation? Is it drawing me closer to the Lord, or is it out of this, I've got to do this because the Lord will be pleased with me if I do it? I think we need to just take a second and and ask ourselves why, because when we get to heaven, God is not going to be asking us how many prophetic words we gave. Like, can you imagine that? You get to the gate of heaven, and the Lord's like, how many prophetic words did you give? And you're like, 82, and he's like, mm, mm, okay. Like, he, he's not going to do that. He is asking us to be faithful stewards of his voice, though, in our lives. Um, 
And so if we get that our identity is in who we are and not what we do, then that is the most crucial thing. Um, And in reality, prophecy is a gift. Like we said earlier, you can't earn it anyway. It's given to you. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about how our words carry life. So in Proverbs, we read that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. And so there's, there's power in our words. Like if we think about God literally breathed the earth into existence. How crazy is that? Because words spoke the universe into existence. And so I'm going to read this little passage. Um, it's from a book called The Veil by Blake Healy. Um, he's on staff at Bethel Atlanta. And I read this book probably a year ago. And this was a passage that stuck out to me. And so I'm just going to read it for you guys. It says, the words we speak in the physical realm move mountains and bend destinies in the spirit realm. Here you encourage someone. There you give the tools to climb out of a pit. Here you lay your hand on someone's shoulder. There you're marking a life for blessing. Here you say a simple prayer. There the hosts of heaven receive their battle commands. Here you sing a pretty song. There you stand in the throne room of God, releasing glory to the king of all kings. Here you drop a check in an offering bin. There you set your crown at his feet. On earth you pray for a sick person. In heaven you are a co-heir with Christ, pouring the bounty of his kingdom on his children. And so... I think it's, as I've said before, it's important to remember, who does God say that I am? You guys, we can prophesy over ourselves. Like you said, declarations, those are prophecies over ourselves. And the cornerstone of our identity is that we're children of a good father. And like I said earlier, everything flows from that identity. Anything that goes against that identity ain't true because we get to inherit God's fullness. Um, and so, as I said earlier, interactive church. So we're going to read these together. Um, I am not a victim. I am a powerful person who empowers people to be powerful. I am a child of God. I am not an orphan. I am a pleasing aroma to the Lord. He delights in me. I am loved by the Father. I am a co-heir with Christ. And so if you ever forget who you are, that's only a little bit. That's a little bit of who we are as God's children. I mean, we could say, I'm forgiven. I'm never alone. I am whole in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm wonderfully made. Like if you read through the scripture, it's crazy what he says about us. And so as I said earlier, I'm going to talk a little bit about testing a word from a giving standpoint and then from a receiving standpoint. So questions that we should always ask when we're giving a word, if you're not sure if you should give it, you can ask, is it scriptural? Is it in God's nature? Is it encouraging? And if it's not, that's a good time to dialogue with the Lord 
Um, because sometimes he might show you something about someone's life, but we're not going to deliver a word in a negative way. We're going to deliver it in a way that's upbuilding, encouraging, consoling. And so God uses our uniqueness to deliver prophetic words, but we do have the potential to get it wrong. Like we see in part right now. We prophesy in part. One day we will see fully. Right now we see in part. But beautiful thing about the body is our mistakes don't disqualify us from prophesying. And so we hear the awakening. We have a thing where it's like, if you make a mess, like we'll help you clean up your mess. And so if you make a mess while you're prophesying, let someone know, and we want to help you clean that up, okay? Um, don't just like let it be like, oh, it'll be all right. Um, here's the, the biggest piece of advice I would give with that. Take a risk. Like, you never know until you try. And I get that takes boldness, but here's something really awesome. We have the Holy Spirit. He's like the boldest person I know. And so we get to be bold. Um, I want to share a story about one of my, uh, my failures in prophecy, right? Um, so I was, I was at Walmart probably a couple of, I don't know, a couple months ago. And I thought I had this word for this lady. And I was like, all right, cool. And I saw her the first time. I didn't say anything. I was like, I did the thing, you know, where I'm like, God, if you really want me to speak to her, I will see her again. Don't do that. Like, don't. Um, And so I saw her again. And I did the thing again. And then I saw her again. And I was like, all right, fine. God, I will talk to her. And so I walk up to her. And I'm like, the only thing I had was photography and creative. And so I, I asked her, I was like, hey, so do you do photography? She looks at me with this crazy look, and she goes, no. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, all right, God, you got anything else? Like, nothing, didn't hear anything. So I was just like, all right, yeah, um, well, it's nice to meet you. I'm Megan, like being really awkward, right? And she goes, my daughter does photography. Why do you ask? And so then I told her, well, I'm a Christian, and I believe that we hear God's voice, and so I'm practicing hearing his voice, and I feel like he was saying the word photography over you. And, you know, sometimes at that moment, it goes really great, and they're like, oh, that's amazing. It opens a conversation. In this moment, she goes, that's weird, and rolls her shopping cart away. (laughs) And so in that moment, I have two options. I can, option one, go, oh my gosh, I'm so rejected, like, woe is me, I will never prophesy again. Or I can go the other route and say, maybe I missed it, or maybe that's how God wanted to speak to her. Or I don't know, but God, it's yours, she's yours, and I'm going to keep pressing in closer to you, right? That's the preferred method rather than the woe is me, I am rejected. And I share that with you to say, There's been plenty of words that I've given that have landed. People have come years later to say, thank you so much for speaking that. Like, this is what I'm walking in now. But then there are moments like that Walmart lady that, to me, look like, well, God, why? 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 And that's all I've got. Um, But here's the thing. If you want to grow in the prophetic, take risks. Sometimes you might look crazy, but that, honestly, it doesn't matter. Um... But if you, if you live out of that place of intimacy with the Lord, um, those risks are always, always, always worth it.
Um, and so something I did want to mention really quickly, when you're receiving a word, um, and you, if you feel like the word doesn't resonate with you, you can shelf the word. You don't have to um, sit there and be like, oh, let me think about that. Like, maybe that applies to this one, like, random aspect of my life. If it doesn't apply to you in that moment, then you can just take it, put it on the shelf, save it for later, write it down. Maybe it's a word for 10 years from now, but you don't know. And kind of want to end with just this. We get to live with a prophetic perspective. Um, understanding God's love for everyone changes the way that we do outreach and talk about Jesus to non-believers. And God increases our courage as we are filled with the Spirit and as we meditate on his heart for all of creation. Um, and so today, we're going to have the opportunity to do that. I'm going to give you all a little, little bit of a guideline. We're not going to prophesy dates, mates, babies, or majors today, okay? Um, as I said earlier, we prophesy in part. Um, and so we're just not going to touch these right now. Uh, so when you're delivering a prophetic word, how many of you guys have given a word before? Here's your hand. Cool. So eh, about half and half. So when you're giving a word, my one piece of advice to you would be, please just don't be weird. Like, you don't have to sit there and be like, thus saith the Lord of hosts, our greatest God, that you are. What? Do you talk like that normally to your friends? Probably not. So when you deliver a word, you can say, hey, I feel like the Lord is saying this. And that's the easiest way to do that. Or if you're, you know, the whole feeler versus thinker, if you're a thinker, you can go, I think that the Lord is saying this. Um, and that gives freedom for the person to, like, not feel like, oh, my gosh, like, the Lord of hosts is saying this. Because, like, we're just acknowledging when we say, I feel like this, we're acknowledging that we might be wrong. And that's okay. 